hands, lift your hearts to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. I praise your name, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. He is a great God. It's wonderful to serve a God that you can count on, you can rely on, you can come to at any time. And that's the kind of God I serve. And that's the kind of God you serve. He is a great God. He is a great God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We are thankful to be back in the house of the Lord. We are praying for all those that are sick, that God will touch them and help them and be with them and those that are traveling. Uh, it's wonderful to travel, wonderful to get back to the house of God. And uh, so it's good to see you back here. And I concur with uh, Brother Stan. I don't know what Sister Teresa had to deal with for 30 years, but uh, a special lady. They are a wonderful family. We're so thankful for the Billingsley family and for the... And the, and the endurance of Sister Teresa. Okay, you can be seated. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. God is so wonderful, and we are, we are excited about what God is doing Amen. here in this church and the lives that are being touched. And uh, I want to just minister for a few moments and pray that God will touch some people and lift some people, encourage someone. And uh, I hope that you leave this place different than you came. I, I hope that if you came and you are bound, you're going to le leave this place set free by the power of God. That's my prayer. I pray that you leave set free by the power of God. And, uh, and I, I want you to understand that you can live a life of favor. A favor. A favored life. And I, I'm going to be talking about on the corner where I found favor. Before I get into the word, let's just ask God to help us to receive that word. Lord, in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you for the opportunity, God, to be here in your presence. And it is a privilege and an opportunity. God, you have favored us. You have given us this opportunity to be here, to worship you in spirit and in truth. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will speak to every heart and every life. God, let each of us leave this place strengthened. Let us leave this place with some direction. God, stir our hearts and our minds. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. Everyone said amen. We are told that our father Abraham is what we relate back to in the Word of God. As I mentioned uh, a few weeks ago in talking when we were going through some standards uh, that there are three men that we find that God really dealt with the first three men after Adam and Eve uh, the first was Enoch and the way God dealt with Enoch is the world was crazy around him but Enoch uh, he pleased the Lord uh, and because of the way he pleased God he reached down and he pulled Enoch out of this world and and left everybody else here the next one we find that God dealt with was Noah. And Noah, he did the complete opposite. Instead of leaving the world and taking him out of it, the Bible says that God left Noah and his family and wiped the rest of the world out. 
It was the complete opposite of what he did with Enoch. So you have Enoch that God said, I'm getting you out of here, leaving the world. You've got Noah that God said, I'm going to leave you here and get rid of the rest of everybody on the planet. Uh, and then the next one you find that God dealt directly with was Abraham. And when God dealt with Abraham, he dealt with him differently than he dealt with Enoch or with Noah. Because Enoch got out of here and the world left. Noah was left here and the world was taken out. But God said to Abraham, you're going to stay right here in the middle of this world. And you're going to have to walk with faith. You're going to have to live amongst the people that you deal with that you don't necessarily like, that they don't believe what you believe. And God tells us that we are to relate back not to our father Enoch, not to our father Noah, which Noah would be somehow the father of us all, but all the way back to Abraham. When we look at how we should live in this world, we are not going to just get out of this world till the rapture takes place. And so what we have to do is live day by day in the world. We are pilgrims and strangers in this land. But what you find about Abraham is Abraham lived with favor. He was in a world that was crazy around him, but Abraham lived with favor. He really did. He sought after favor. You find that whenever the three uh, angels were on their way uh, to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, that as they were on their way, they went by Abraham and uh, his ten. And when Abraham saw them, he ran out to them and, and brought them in. And he says, if I have found favor in thy sight, I want you to come in. And, and he sought after the favor of God. But not only the favor of God, but the favor of men. He sought after the favor of men. And what he received in return is both favor from God and man. We find in uh, the book of Esther... When they were going to try and destroy uh, the Israelites. And the Bible says that uh, Esther comes to the king and, and, and begins to plead with the king after she found out the plot and what was happening and what was going on. And the queen Esther, you find in Esther chapter 7 verse number 3. And Esther the queen answered and said, if I have found favor in thy sight, O king. And if I please the king, yet my life is given unto me of my, my petition and my people as my request. She found both favor for herself and for the people because she sought favor in both areas. I believe that we can live a life of favor where there's things that we, not, we should not necessarily get, but they nevertheless come to us because of the life that we are living. Because favor is the action of grace. Favor is the action of grace. Because favor is someone giving you something for a favor. You do a favor not because someone paid you, not because they deserve it, but you just want to do something and you do a favor. And when you look up favor, it is graciousness. It is a, 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 a action point of the grace. 
and we can live at an action point of grace. And the action point of grace is the favor that we have in the world that we are living in. I want to live in the action point of grace. I want to live not with just the word grace. I want to live with favor in the world that I'm living in. Everyone said amen. And so we find in the New Testament that they lived a life of favor. Acts chapter 2 and verse 47. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. The New Testament church lived a life of favor. Now, does that mean everybody liked them? No. But the people that didn't like them are the people with the agenda. The people that didn't like them are the people that they hurt their pocketbooks because they shut down their idol-making business because nobody was worshiping those idols anymore. Or they were the priests that were in the temple selling sacrifices, and now all of a sudden people's sins are being forgiven and not have to come and buy their expensive lamb. Those are the people that were really mad at the people of God. But a normal person, everyday person, they went around and they had favor with just all the people. It is not the will of God for us to live in this world and for us to be aloof and for us to be back in the corner and not touch anybody. We should touch as many people as we can with the gospel of Jesus Christ and we should do it in such a way that it brings favor in our lives. Now, favor with God and man, does that mean that you know, we shouldn't we should seek for the favor of men so much that we um that we we dump the favor of God, we gotta kinda weigh them out. No, not in the least bit. The the Bible lets us know when they were put on the spot, the apostles, and 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 they were pressing them not to preach in that name any longer. They were pressing on them to, to move forward. The Bible says in Acts 5, 29, that Peter and the apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than man. When it comes right down to it, I'm going to obey God, and I seek the favor of God over your favor. That's why when I get up and preach, I don't preach messages based on what you want to hear. I do my best to preach things that you need to hear. Because when it comes right down to it, I'd rather have the favor of God than the favor of man. You let, I'm telling you, we live in a world that we're all trying to just get along. There comes a moment that you just got to stand up and say, thus saith the word of the Lord. There is a right and there is a wrong. Everyone say amen again. And so we find these, these two things, but I don't believe it has to be one or the other. If it does, I pick God. Period. If it has to be, I have to do this one or that one, I pick God. Turn to someone and say, I pick God. But I don't believe it has to be. I believe we find in the Word of God, it's not true that we can only have favor with God. I believe we can seek and we should seek both the favor of God and man. The most well-known prophet 
and judge in Israel was Samuel. Samuel was a, he came at the end of all the judges. He's the one that God used to, uh, because of the people, to anoint the first king. He was the last judge of Israel. And the, the, the prophet, he was there as a young man. And, and uh, his, his mother, Hannah, had prayed for a child because she was barren. She could not have a child. And God granted that request. And she said, if you will give me a man-child, I will give him back to you all the days of his life. And as soon as this child was born as a gift from God, and she raised him, and he was old enough to function himself, she took him to the house of God. God, and he began to serve in the house of God all the days of his life. And while the rest of his peers around him, Eli's sons, were doing horrible things all around the temple, doing simple, ungodly things, Samuel just kept doing the right thing, just kept living for God. But what we find in Samuel's life, this most popular prophet and judge in Israel, in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 26, it says, and the child Samuel grew on. Everybody say, grow on. It's important that you keep growing on. He, the child Samuel grew on and was in favor with both the Lord and also with men. It was not a, just a one or the other. If he had to pick, he would pick God. But it wasn't that I have to just pick one another. There's sometimes I see that Christians, it seems like we live in a world and we feel like we can't connect with anybody. We can't reach out to anybody because we're so holy we can't possibly be tainted by this world. Give me a break. God did not leave us here so we can just be in our own little combine. He left us here so we can touch the hurting and those that need us and make a difference in their lives. So there were two levels of favor. It was favor with God and favor with man. Now, I believe that there is a God-man connection that cannot be broken. There is a God-man connection. The Bible gives us scriptures such as this in 1 John chapter 4, verses 20 and 21. If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. Liar, liar, pants on fire. If you were here and you were, some of us, God help us, we getting things and we don't like people. And we talking about, oh, I love God. That's what you look like to God right there. We just walk around, oh, I love Jesus. God is the greatest thing to me, and I'm just so thankful. Because there's a God-man connection. And you can't, he says, you can't go around saying, I love God, but I don't love my brother and my sister. Let me get real personal. My husband, my wife, my mama, my daddy, my... We can't go around acting like, oh, we love God, but we don't love. Now, there are things that we don't like about certain things, but our heart and our minds has to be in love both with God and man. And if we say we love God, but we hate our brother, we're liars. For he that loveth not his brother 
whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment we have, that he that loveth God loveth his brother also. There is a God-man connection. The favor that we want to live with in our life is not just when we say, oh, I'm just serving God, I'm just serving God, but we treat people like they're less. Oh. I know there's some heels that just hit in just now. Just I'm linked up with the Holy Ghost, and so me and God yoked up together. I'm going to pull you right out of that heel press, and I can tell you, we can't be acting like we're all holy. And man, man, I love God so much, and we don't treat people right, and someone did something to us. I'm not talking about not dealing with stuff. You've got to deal with stuff. But when it's said and done, you've got to love people. You've got to treat people right. You've got to be kind to people. Yes, you do. Uh, you've got to get up sometimes. Uh, sometimes you've got to wipe the egg off of your face uh, and be kind to some people. Matthew chapter 25, verse 40, uh, verse 40, it says, And the king answered and said unto him, Verily I say unto you, as much as you have done unto the one of the least of these, my brethren, you have done unto me. There is a God-man connection that how we treat each other is how we truly treat God. And that's why the Bible says when we work and we do a job, boy, I'm just really pastoring here for a few minutes right now. When you work and you're working for someone, the Bible says don't work like you're working for them. Work as unto the Lord because there is a God-man connection. How we treat others around us is truly our attitude towards the creator of that creation and God Almighty. Almighty, uh, we've got to make sure that we don't treat people awful and bad. Now, we should love people. You need to love people. You need to be kind to people. You need to give people the benefit of the doubt every now and then. You hear one bad thing, boy, and you just sail someone down the road. Now, there are patterns. The Bible tells us to mark them that cause division. The Bible says to uh, handle situations and to do different things. But you do what you have to do, but then you don't treat people bad. You don't look down at people. You, you don't do that. That's not right. Deal with the situation, but love people. Be kind to people. And just because you heard what someone said that someone said, give people the benefit of the doubt. Uh, come on, love them anyhow. Uh, give somebody. Don't just say, oh, this is who it is you've got to go out of your way for people you got to pick people up out of the ditch should never be gossiping about people you're gossiping about the people of God you're gossiping about God whatever you've done to the least of these you're doing to me However you're treating other people is how you're treating me. We can't go around in our lives and just and gossip about everyone and tear people down and, and, and shred their lives apart and, and then think, oh, oh, they're just somehow going to make it. No, we got to, we, we, God help us. Uh, we become like birds. I, I've seen birds when one bird gets hurt and you, in a chicken coop and all the other birds start hitting that wound and they just pick them until they pick them and kill them. I have seen that happen. Thank God I'm not thinking of anything right this second. But there are people, I have seen it, where people, 
people, something happens. And instead of loving them and bandaging them and comforting them, we find that spot and we just keep hitting it and we keep hitting it and we keep hitting it and we keep hitting it. And and then we go, oh, man, I wonder what happened. God, help me help this church. We cannot treat people that way where we just pick because however we treat each other is how we treat God. Shutting people out, passing by on the other side. And some people may say, well, I just seek for the favor of Jesus. I'm just seeking the favor of Jesus. Let me tell you what Jesus sought for. You want to know what he sought for? Luke chapter 2, verse 52. We're in a series about it right now. Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. If you want to seek the favor of God, you've got to understand how Jesus grew. He grew in favor with God and with man. There is a connection between God and man, how we do these things, how we connect. And so I want to live a life of favor. i got to tell you, I, I enjoy the fact that I, I, can, I can be kind to people and people are kind to me. And, and I can be gracious to people and people can be gracious to me. That's a life of favor. I'm telling you all, I live a life of favor. I live every day a life of favor. People ask me all the time, uh, everywhere I go, multiple times a day, uh, how are you doing? Uh, and I tell them, I am blessed. That's right. You've heard me say it over and over again. That's what I am. I live a blessed life. But I don't just uh, magically appear in a blessed life. I don't just magically appear in a life of favor. But I found favor at a corner. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 4. So shall thou find favor and be and good understanding in the sight of God and man. It's always connected, isn't it? Favor with God and man. Not, oh, I'm just having favor with God. Oh, I'm just having favor with man. But favor with God. So shall, now what's the so? That means the verse prior tells us how to have favor with God and man. And it says, let not mercy and truth forsake Bind it upon thy neck. Write it upon the table of thine heart. So shall thou be in favor, have favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. How do I get favor with God and man? When I understand and live with mercy and truth. Mercy and truth. He said, don't let Mercy and truth. Go back one verse. Verse 3. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Don't let it get away from thee. He said, bind it around thy neck. Binding is something that you put there permanently. It is an outward appearance. It's something that everyone can see. People should look at you, and when they look at you, they should think mercy and truth. That's how they should look at you. That's what they should see in you. And it should not just be an outward show, but it should also be written on the tables of your heart. If you want to live a life of favor, you will find it with mercy and with truth. Lift your hands right now. The Holy Ghost is here.
Come on, that's it. Talk to the Lord for a moment. God's going to deal with you today. God's going to touch your heart today. Hallelujah. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Don't let mercy and truth pass you by. Don't get into your Christian walk where I'm just going to do my thing and I'm trying to conquer so much in the kingdom of God that I don't leave any room for mercy. What I admire so much about Caleb is after Caleb said, give me my mountain, he made sure one of the cities of refuge was in the mountain. The things that you conquer in your life, you need to make sure that you leave room for mercy in the mountains that you conquer. Don't step over people trying to reach to the top of things. Don't push people down trying to get yourself up. But whatever mountains you conquer in your life, make sure there's a place of mercy in the midst of the mountains you conquered. Mercy and truth are two twins that bring favor and they can't be separated. As connected as God and man are together because we are made in the image of God and whatever we do to each other we're doing to God. Mercy and truth always seem to be together. In Psalms chapter 25 and verse 10 it says all the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth. All the paths of the Lord. If you want to cross paths with God you're going to do it at mercy and truth. I'm looking for God, and you don't want to be merciful to anyone, and you don't want to treat people right. Neither do you want to live by the truth. You're never going to cross his path. But if you want to cross God's path, his ways, his paths are always mercy and truth. That's where you cross paths with God. The Bible says in Psalms 85 and 10, mercy and truth have met together. Mercy and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. I found favor in my life at the corner of mercy and truth. I found the favor, the blessed life. I, I have found the graciousness of God. I found it at the corner of mercy and truth. That is the location I was at when my life was forever changed. That's where I have to go back to if I want to find God again. I can't decide. I went to that path before and I'm okay. I've got to keep making a trip back to the corner of mercy and truth. If I'm going to maintain the blessings and the favor of God in my life you will find God's favor and man's favor at the corner of mercy and truth one of the most amazing stories to me in the word of God is the prophet Hosea huh. unbelievable to me you begin to read it and God tells him, giving him an example of how he wants to treat and how he is reaching after his people, the people of Israel. So that you're going to be, you're going to be a living example of this. He said, I, I want you to go to the auction block where they are selling women. They're prostitutes. I want you to go and I want you to buy this woman. He went and bought and this woman Gomer and take her in and marry her. Give her a good home. 
give her something in her life that she can have. They, they begin to have children together, at least three children they had together. They, they had a life, and all of a sudden one day, Gomer wasn't home, and through the night I can see the daddy talking with the children. Where's mommy at? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure she's going to be. I, I can see him through the streets trying to find and can't find her. And, and then the word starts getting around. Uh, oh, uh, hey, preacher man, uh, I saw your wife. She's down at the corner again. Uh, she's selling herself again. Uh, uh, that The embarrassment that had to be there uh, for the children uh, walking. Uh, hey, uh, I heard that your mama was out here doing this again. Uh, I can see that this happening to him and and he don't know exactly what to do with it. He just tried to obey God in the first place. But then God speaks to him again and begins to speak to his heart and his mind and says, listen, I want you to go and buy her again. I know that you've already done it. You've already went the, the extra mile, but you're going to go another mile here. I want you to go where she is and buy her again. He was trying to show the people of Israel how they should live their lives and what you find in this this, this book of Hosea chapter 4 verse 1 after he has bought her again and God is trying to explain what the problem is in Israel he said hear the word of the Lord ye children of Israel for the Lord hath contentious with you there's a problem going on there, there's controversy with you why why is there controversy in the land because there is no truth nor mercy nor knowledge of God in the land you're not living with mercy and truth uh, that I've got something against you uh, we are controversy uh, what we, there's a controversy one to the other uh, there, there's something uh, and that's not just a private thing uh, that when you actually look at it it's talking about a public uh, dispute uh, there is something out there uh, that you're not treating people the way you need to treat them uh, the reason I'm trying to give you an example uh, is because yes people hurt you uh, and yes people did things against you uh, but I, my problem is not that they did something against you uh, my problem is uh, I can't find mercy and truth anywhere. I've been looking for it, and I can't find it. What God is trying to say in 2014 is we've got to love people beyond reason. I've got a problem with you, he said. The problem is I can't find it. I've been looking for mercy and truth, and I can't find it. These two things that seem to be opposed to each other. Truth, something that's absolute. This is the way it is. Mercy, even though this is the way it is, this is what I'm going to do. These two forces that seem to, con to collide with each other, yet we are told that if we don't live with both in our lives... We are going to destroy the people around us. We will not have the favor of God, nor the favor of man. I have seen people that so locked into truth, which is how we live our lives. But they take it and they beat people with truth. They take this word that's quick and sharp and they cut people down and cut them down to size. But if you live with just the truth in your hand and all you're doing is cutting people down, you will not get the favor of man or of God. But what brings both the favor of God and man is when there's a combination of mercy and truth, a hand that reaches out, and truth that keeps us locked in. We've got to make a difference in our world, and we'll find it at the corner of truth. 
and mercy. Proverbs 3 and 3, let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Don't forsake either of them. Don't live without either of them. We're dealing with things and we're dealing with people and situations and it hurts and it bothers us. Does God give room to make certain decisions? Yes, there are times that decisions, but that's not the lifestyle. That's not what you live. That's not what you do. The lifestyle that you must live is a lifestyle of mercy and truth. Don't forsake it. Don't throw it in for jealousy and rage. Don't throw it in for your righteousness and their uh, demise. Live. Don't forsake mercy and truth. Bind it around thy neck. Write it on the tables of your heart. So shall I find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Next verse. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not into thine own understanding. Wait a second. Wait a minute. Yo, I, I, my understanding, I know the law. I know how it works. I know what should happen and what shouldn't happen. And this is the way it works. But there comes a point uh, that you simply live with mercy and truth. Uh, you find favor with God and man. Uh, and you just got to trust in the Lord. Trust that he's going to do the right thing despite their bad behavior or your bad behavior. Trust that God's going to step in. Trust in the Lord with all thy might. Lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Depart from evil. Mercy and truth. Is something that you must live with. You will find the favor, the blessings, the grace, the mercies of God at the corner of mercy and truth. Two opposing forces that must be there to balance our lives. Two things that seemingly pull in the opposite direction, yet it gives us balance uh, to walk with favor and God with God and man. Truth, what we need to do to live for God uh, and mercy, what we need to live uh, with each other. Uh, these things uh, that blend uh, so perfectly together and oppose each other so dramatically is unbelievable to me. Yet there was a man that exemplified this. The man, Christ Jesus. You find, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus was the ultimate truth, and when he was asked, what is truth? Truth was standing in front of that king that very moment. Truth comes. Truth that had no ill towards anyone, truth that loved people despite where they were, the truth that, 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 that no matter what was going on, he, he would operate in truth, yet operate in mercy. We find one of the greatest pictures of this in my mind whenever a woman was caught in the very act of adultery. The very act of adultery. The Bible says that they brought her with rough hands. I don't know if she was caught in the act. That means there should have been a man there too in my opinion. But somehow, I don't know, maybe he was too powerful. But they bring this poor woman up and throw him down, throw her down before Jesus. And they began to say, Master, what are we going to do here? You see this woman? We just caught her down. 
on the street down over here. And she was caught in the very act of adultery. Jesus, let me explain the law to you. The law is very, very clear about this. She must be stoned and put to death. But tell me, what do you say about this, Jesus? Jesus looks at them and kneels down and begins to write in the sand. I don't know what he wrote. Nobody knows what he wrote. All kind of people speculate so I can speculate. I think maybe he started writing some sins of people that were there. Interesting. He didn't put it in stone, though. He put it in sand so he could wipe that away, too. He began to write these things in the sand. I don't know what gripped him, but then he stood up and he looked him in the eye. He said, let he that is among you that is without sin cast the first stone. He knelt down, began to write again. And as they did, one by one, standing in the presence of truth, uh, began to drop their stones uh, and walk away. Uh, they all left uh, until there was no one but Jesus. Uh, oh, she was out of trouble now. Wrong. She was finally with the only one that had the right to stone her. The one that truly did not have sin. The one that truly had the right to take her life. Because I not only know the law, I am the law. I am the truth. But instead, mercy steps in with truth and balances out and says, Do you see any accusers? I see no one. Then neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. I'm trying to tell somebody. Maybe that person deserves it. Maybe they deserve your cold shoulder. Maybe they deserve that look of disdain. Maybe you can point to the law and show how wrong it really was. Maybe you can really point it out. Here's the issue. This is why it happened. But you pick it up. And then you pick up something to balance it. Mercy and truth. I have made up in my mind. I'm going to live by truth. And I'm going to extend mercy. I'm not going to be perfect and I'm going to need mercy. And the Bible lets me know the only way I'm going to get it is to give it. He that shows mercy shall receive mercy. I think there's an issue. Some people want to give the truth and keep the mercy. Want to tell everybody else how they're wrong and what's going on in their life that ain't right. And I'm going to hold on to mercy. But the way to really balance mercy and truth uh, is to keep truth uh, and to hand out mercy uh, everywhere you go. Uh, don't look at people. Well, they're not up to my standard. Uh, you're not up to God's standard. Uh, and neither am I. Uh, but we don't condemn each other and push each other down. We don't do that. Uh, we say, come on. Uh, get up again. Uh, I'm going to live by truth. Uh, but I'm going to extend mercy. Uh, Jesus uh, was the ultimate sign of truth. Uh, but the ultimate sign of mercy as well. 
Stand with me for a moment. He did not say to her, go do whatever you want to. No, there must be a moment of repentance. Some of us may need to repent for our pride and our arrogance. Some may need to repent for sin and deception and lying and cheating. Whatever it is, when mercy and truth confront you, it does not say go do whatever you want to do. It confronts you and it shows mercy. But then it shows truth and says go sin no more. It's not a license to go do whatever you want to do and live however you want to live. It's saying there's a, there's a chance that you could come back and get favor, which is grace in action. You're going to find favor at the corner of mercy and truth. Let it not forsake you. Bind it around your neck. Write it on your heart. Truth. What is truth? You're about to take truth and you're about to nail him to a tree. You're about to take truth and mock truth and laugh at truth. You're about to take him and expose him. You're about to make a mockery of truth. But yet truth on a cross still looked and said today you will be with me in paradise. That mercy steps in to balance out the truth and the judgment. I'm here to tell you today that I do not deserve the blessed life that I live. But I'm here to tell you if I start living a life where I don't extend mercy and truth, if I don't hold on to truth, extend mercy, live by both, uh, balance out both, uh, I will not be blessed. Uh, I will not live with favor. I will not see the good things that I see in my life. Uh, I'm here to tell you I am not perfect uh, by no stretch of the imagination. Uh, I am a man uh, of like passions. Uh, I've got the same things uh, that I fight. Uh, but if I don't keep getting back to the corner of mercy and truth, uh, there's sometimes I seem to go on a journey and maybe I'm too far away from that corner than I need to be, uh, but I've got to turn the car around uh, and get back to the corner of mercy and truth uh, so I can find grace and favor. I feel the Holy Ghost here. I tell you what I really feel is I feel conviction here right now. I feel there are those of us that we, there's things we don't want to deal with. Maybe we've been cutting people down with truth. Maybe we've been telling everyone how they should give us mercy instead of flipping around and doing our best to live by truth and extend mercy. But I'm here to tell you today that you can make your way to an altar and you can find the corner of mercy and truth right here. You're dealing with stuff in your home. You can't just beat it down. You've got to find the mercy and truth. Daddies, you can't treat your kids with just truth. You've got to have mercy and truth. Neither can you raise your family with just mercy because they have no direction. But it's the balance of both. You can't live your life and at your job and all the places you have contention and, and, and go to one or the other. You're going to find yourself with no favor in any spot. Uh, but if you will simply learn to balance your life uh, with truth and mercy, uh, you're going to find the favor of God every time. There are people here, you're living in condemnation and you feel like you're nothing let me tell you, that's not God making you feel that way. What you're going to find here today at an altar is the mercy and the favor and the grace of God 
waiting to pick you up. There are those that you, even while I'm talking, you're, you're thinking in your mind how right you are about things. And then you wonder why there is no favor and you have no peace in your life. I'm here to tell you today, I, I know this isn't a sweet, soft little thing today. But let me tell you, if you'll get a hold of what I'm talking about, you will live a favored life. If you will learn to live with favor with God and man, and that's with mercy and truth, you're going to live a life that you're excited about. You're here and there's sin in your life. God is not here to condemn you. You have fallen down. You say, what if I come before him? The truth is going to come out. That's not the example that I see. The example that I see is when the woman hit the ground in front of him. Instead of truth being the first reaction, it was first mercy. Then go and sin no more. You're not going to find him with a rock waiting up here saying, I just can't wait for him to get up here, so her to get up here so I can take care of business. What you're going to find is a merciful God that loves you so much. I know that there are people that have hurt us and done us wrong and things that we don't understand and things we think, how could this happen? But if we will live with mercy and truth, God will help you through it. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. God has everything that you need. Lift your hands right where you are. The Holy Ghost is here. Sir, today is the day that you come to God. Ma'am, today is the day you get that attitude right, that spirit right. Today is the day that you come to God with everything that is within you. Today is that day. That's it. Just talk to him for a moment. We're about to make a move in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. 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 Obey God. Obey God right now. Holy Ghost. Surrender to God right now. From the front to the back right now, why don't you come to an altar? Ask someone to come with you. Don't just walk by someone. Extend a hand of mercy. And let's talk to God for a little bit. If somebody could come to the keyboard, let, let's let the Holy Ghost flow for the next few moments. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Come on, let mercy and truth not forsake you. Bind him upon thy neck. Write it upon the tables of your heart. That's where you will find grace, mercy, favor with God and man. The same thing that will bring favor with God is the same thing that will bring true favor with man. It's the balance of mercy and truth. That's it. The Holy Ghost is flowing right now. I see tears flowing down people's eyes. I see husbands and wives praying together. Oh, Jesus, God wants to touch you, sir. I don't care what the sin is in your life. I don't care what the shortcoming is. We've all got those things that we have to deal with. I don't care what it is. God's mercy, God's grace is sufficient. Holy Ghost.
Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Oh, that's it. Ministers, obey God right now. Begin to move and pray. Come on, God's working. That's it, sir. That's it, ma'am. Come on, I know, I know maybe I put a mirror in front of your face today and maybe it was startling when you saw yourself, but don't just stop there. Let God get in the picture with you. You're going to find mercy and grace. Get close enough to God that you see him in that reflection as well. Oh, Jesus. Come on, there, there is something in this house that is very deep right now. If you will just dig down in your spirit and reach after God, you are going to find some answers to some things that you've been looking for. In the name of Jesus, go beyond a passive prayer right now. Reach to the depths of your soul and reach to the heights of the heavens. Let God touch you. Come on, that's it. Forget about who's around you. Say, Lord, let mercy and truth not forsake me. Oh, God, help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Come on, that's it. It's happening. Ministers, move and pray. Altar workers, move and pray. Holy Ghost, flowing right now. Come on, you want to know how do I live a life of favor and grace? Uh, you got to come back to the mercy, the, the, the corner of mercy and truth. Uh, you got to come back and say, here I am, Lord. Uh, here I am, Lord. That's it. Do more than just pray a second. Uh, take some time and talk to God. Come on. God's going to give you some direction on how to handle some things. You're going to handle it in a way you never thought you would handle it. You're going to handle it with mercy and grace. Have you ever handled anything wrong? Yes. Uh, everybody has. Uh, but we're not going to live there. We're not going to stay there. We're going to get back up uh, and go again with mercy and truth. Come on, the Holy Ghost is moving. The Holy Ghost, there it is. That's awesome, right there, that's it. That's it, that's it. That's the Holy Ghost right there touching you. That's it, let those tears flow. Let that compassion flow. There it is, it's happening right now all over you. Oh, Jesus. It's happening, there it is. That's it, release it. Release those things to God. Release, there it is, yes. There's wonderful things happening in the presence of God right now. Go ahead, saint of God. Pray for that person beside you. Ask God to touch them. Ask God to help them to get back to the corner of mercy and truth. Ask God to direct their path. 
in Jesus' name. That's awesome. Come on, you're doing it right there. That's mercy. That's compassion. That's what you're feeling. That's compassion. That's it. I can see those tears coming down your face. Let that compassion flow. Yes. Yes. Oh, Jesus. That's the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, Lord. The more, the more I find you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I haven't done everything right. None of us have. But let mercy and truth. It's easier to receive mercy and truth when you're willing to give mercy and truth. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. That's it. Come on, that's the Holy Ghost touching you right there. I'm telling you, I can see God doing some things. I see tears flowing down people's face that I haven't seen in a long time. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Halamaha. Come on, we're not done yet. Don't, don't check out quite yet. Come on, I got done preaching early. Come on, we still got some time to pray. Sometimes you got to hang out at the corner of mercy and truth for a while before you really soak in some of that, that favor and that grace. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. That's it, saint of God. Jesus, Jesus. Oh, Lord, your mercy. Oh, Lord, your grace. When I don't know what else to do, your mercy and your grace shows up. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, if you have the Holy Ghost, will you just pray in the Holy Ghost? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. That's it. The Holy Ghost is moving. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That's it. While we are still praying, I want us to sing for just a moment. In the name of Jesus, let the Holy Ghost flow. Let the Holy Ghost move in this place. Your feet 